Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do we have Becca GT? Becca GT is calling us from the East Coast. How are all of you guys doing? How's your quarantine been going? How you guys been holding down? You know, I normally don't like to complain, but I'll, I'll say this, you know, during quarantine, one thing I, I, I dislike is when couples walk down the street side by side and take up the entire avenue. It makes me literally walk in the street when I see that happening. Guys, been watching. There's a call 515 602 9609. Talk about GT and East Coast. Not even close, not even close to play. Stunt woman, actress, horse enthusiast, driver. Can't wait to talk to her. What great shows have you been watching? I watched The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. There's there's an interactive movie that just came out. I found it to be hilarious. Ellie Kemper is just, she's a gem. She's a diamond. She's incredible. Everything she touches turns to gold. So go to Netflix, give it a shot. Two great movies came out by Sean Paul Piccinino, Roped, and Lady Driver. Give those movies a try too. You're looking for content. You're looking for media. 
Here you go. These movies we've been waiting for a long time, including Bennett's War, by the way. Bennett's War is a third film. I know we talked about that in the last episode. Can't wait to uh, have you guys watch that. I see we have Beck on the line. Let's bring her on in here right now. But uh, keep those movies in, in, in mind. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She has the uh, interactive movie that just came out. And Roped. Lady Driver. And Bennett's War. Let's find everything out about Becca, huh? Give her a little bit of a clap track here, boys and girls. We have a nice audience today. I see we're all packing in. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you one one great thing about the quarantine, a positive opposed to a lot of negatives. <laughs> a great positive is nobody really has an excuse not to be listening to the radio show. So they're packed in. And thank you very much for the international audience. I People like Chile, you know, in countries like Chile, I, I don't even understand how you're listening to my show other than iTunes. I understand that, but I didn't know so many people around the world spoke so much English. The one country that's not listening to me is Mexico. I find that kind of strange. And I, I, I want to <laughs> rectify that situation greatly. It makes me want to put out an ad to watch my show, listen to my show. But it bothers me a bit. All right, let's bring out Becca here. Hello. Hello, Becca. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Let me know if um, if this works, if you can hear me okay. I can hear you perfectly. You know, before okay, we get started, l- let me ask you, like, how are you and your family doing right now? Well, well now I can't hear you. Yeah. There, there you go. Yep. Here, here I am. Okay. <laughs> family lives in Rhode Island. Yeah. So um, I haven't really had, you know, a whole lot of uh, interaction with much of anybody but my husband. So right. we're doing well, um, you know, living Good. the dream day by day. Spending <laughs> 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 a lot of time getting just all these random projects that, you know, you never get a chance to really get to. Um, so I guess that's a positive thing. We've definitely been knocking out our to-do list. But, um, yeah, you know, we're all healthy. Everybody around us, friends and neighbors are all doing well. Yeah. So Good. just uh, really looking forward to getting back to some semblance of normal, although I don't think normal is ever going to happen again. Well, I don't think it's going to happen quite all that soon, but we're in total lockdown here in Los Angeles. What's it like over there in, in, in New York? Um, well, I'm, I actually live in Pennsylvania. I work local in New York. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I can't really say as far as the city. I do know a lot of my friends and um, colleagues that I've spoken with have said it's, it's you know, pretty serious lockdown. They have uh, all sorts of, you know, mandatory shelter in place. I think we're right. starting to, you know, lift some of the restrictions. Um, I would go absolutely insane if I were stuck in the city. So I'm, I'm more of a country <laughs> mouse. <laughs> I live out in uh, Pensatucky, and nice. we're still under a pretty severe lockdown here because of our uh, close proximity to the city. So yeah. we're right over the New Jersey line. 
um, I can't see them really easing a ton of restrictions until, you know, maybe June, maybe even later. Right. So it's, you know, mandatory wear a face mask anytime you go out in public. Um, for the most part, I mean, I just do the regular, you know, regular day-to-day errands and um, I'm at the, like, you know, the Johnsonville farm store and that kind of right. thing is still open. So um, aside from, you know, not being able to go out to a restaurant or just go for a walk on a, you know, in the park without having to bring all sorts of PPE equipment, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of to get out of the car and you're like, oh crap, I forgot my mask. And you have to run back right. and grab it. Um, but, now, you know, where, where, where did you say you live right now? I'm in Pennsylvania. So, yeah, right, but, but what, what specific area in Pennsylvania? It's called Upper Mount Bethel. It's uh, right yeah. over the Delaware you know what's You know what's weird is I've been there before. When you said that, I'm like, that's strange that I've been there before. <laughs> but my friends from Pennsylvania invited me over, and he wanted to take me all around, and I, I specifically went to that area. I'm like, I, I don't know why you brought me to the area. It seems like the rest of Pennsylvania to me. Yeah, it's it's really pretty out here. Um, and yeah. like I said, you know, it really gives you a chance to spread out. We have like five acres and everybody oh. out here is, you know, very like-minded. Um, right. But yet only about an hour, 20 minutes from downtown Manhattan. So it's right. very, very convenient. Really so it gives area. you, it gives you the convenience of go, of, you know, having the ability to travel to your work while still having a place of sanity. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially during these last couple of months, let me tell you. Sure. It's been, uh, it's been good to be able to go outside and at least spread your arms out and scream if you want to. And, <laughs> you know, they're not going to fall off you. <laughs> well, you. Well, you're a horse trainer. Do you still have horses right now? Yeah, I, um, well, I kind of, I, I was a horse trainer primarily before I got into stunts um, as, a, as a career change. Right. But. Uh, since since moving out here, I pretty much kind of hung up my my trainer card, if you would, and sure. just had my own horse and have been riding and you know just enjoying riding for what it is. Um, but ironically enough, barn where I board, there were several students that kind of you know saw me and asked for help and said, "Oh, you know, can you help me with my horse? Can you help me with my horse?" So now I have right. five students. <laughs> a teacher never stops teaching no but you know it's it's actually a wonderful thing because i yeah. really do enjoy it you know that's what i grew up doing it's not something yeah. i really have to like dig deep into my head to you know to, right. to teach that way um and it's really helping the students so that's been a bit of sanity as well being able to travel out to the barn and you right. know help the horses and the, and the riders progress. Um, you know, it's been at least some sort of productive value, I think. <laughs> as yeah. Day to day. I've been teaching for over 30 years and sometimes friends of mine just look at me and they go, well, you, you really just can't stop. Can you? <laughs> it's, <laughs> no. like, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. I just don't know what to tell you when it's in your blood, it's in your blood. Yeah. I hear you. I totally hear you there. You now you're Go. For fun, you know, I'm I'm actually binge watching Game of Thrones. I just started, oh, yeah. like yeah. two weeks ago. I've never seen a single episode. And get out of here! 
Yeah. Wow. I, I admire you. That's going to be so fun for you. I, I guess it's kind of, it's, it's kind of weird because obviously, you know, I've never really, I never even followed like any of the spoilers. So I really have no idea sure. what the heck is going on. Um, I'm in the sixth season now. And, wow. you know, yeah, like, like we're saying about the, the training and teaching, you know, I'm watching these people riding and I'm like, wow, they really did this well. The horses right. are turned out correctly. You know, the tack fits right. They're all sitting correctly. They're holding the reins correctly. Right. Um, you know, the stirrup lengths are, are good. It's like, wow, someone took the time to do this right. Um, right. But yeah, you can't, you know, other, other productions, you kind of see stuff and you're like, oh, wait (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah it you never stop the the teaching the you know observing and all that just never stops now you're originally a new england girl are you not yes i grew up in rhode island um bought a house out in connecticut when i was about 19 or 20 wow and uh yeah that was that was you know, a pretty close because Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut were this tri-state area where I grew up. So everything was really close. Um, so yeah, I was in Connecticut for several years uh, and then ended up moving by way of Brooklyn. I had an apartment with my husband there for about two right. years while we were trans- transferring from Connecticut because by then the stunt work had actually started really picking up in New York a lot more for us. Right. And, you know, you'd be on your drive back and uh, get a call and have to turn around and shoot right back down to the city. So um, it it just made sense for us to move closer because, you know, Connecticut is close to New York, but we were on the island. Yeah. The top, you know, Northeast section of the state. So it was about right. four hours on a good day to get into the city. So that kind of prompted us to start looking closer. Um, but, you know, that still had the, the, the type of atmosphere and the type of environment that I was used to um, in Connecticut, you know, farming and, and right. you know, having the space and everything without the crazy taxes. And this is where we ended up. So... Yeah. yeah, how does your how does your how do your parents feel about like who you are? Because you're you're strong, you're you're buying your house, you're you're doing everything on your own, you're you're incredibly powerful. Or you know, how do they feel about you in the way you, that you grew up? It sounds like you grew up kind of independent. Yeah, my my parents were very um, you know, they both worked super hard. My mom was a nursing supervisor, my dad wow. was a renee. So they worked, you know, all these different hours, and um, I always had horses growing up, so it was kind of one of those things, you pick one sport, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you can go do gymnastics and hockey and this and that, you know, they didn't have time to be carting us around everywhere. So, right. like, pick thing, stick with it, of course, you know, the horses were there, so um, that was kind of my thing, and... Uh, you know, you have a lot of chores, a lot of responsibility, a lot right. of just, you know, stuff that you have to do on your own and be kind of that self-starter to get right. things done. So I, I don't think it's surprising to them that I picked the career that I did, but it is kind of roundabout because honestly, growing up, I I really didn't even know that, uh, you know, careers existed for stunt performers. 
Right. You know, I just you see action on TV, you see it on the movies, and you kind of go, oh yeah, you know that's that's cool. Right. But you never really think about, oh, this is actually like a career. These people do this. Right. Well, you don't. You've done some incredible work. Would you would you say that your family is proud of you and, and what you've accomplished? They really um, same thing. They're just like you know before. The first time I, I crashed a car, you know, I called my mom and said, hey, I'm, you've got this job. I'm so excited. And someone's trusting me to put, you know, put me behind the wheel and, and crash this vehicle on a TV show. And she was like, hmm. oh, wow, you know, all these questions and make sure you call me right away and, you know, let me know how it goes. And then, you know, now it's like I, <laughs> if I even remember <laughs> to tell her, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, I've got this, this crash coming up. And, oh, OK, have fun. You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, you're leading me into my next question because you and your husband uh, actually moved from horses into a different kind of horsepower into cars. So you, you started doing a lot of car training and what have you. Yeah, he well, he worked for um, the Joey Chitwood stunt show. So he. Wow. Into, yeah, he was into the live show scene and the the car, you know, holds world there for many many years before joey chitwood is joey chitwood is incredible yeah absolutely the late tim chitwood um we've we've both worked with him for you know several years matt obviously many more years than i have um so he had that background coming into this relationship and um of course when we met i was at that time a pretty successful small, you know, small town type trainer. And uh, we did shows on the, um, the local, the regional, we even started going to the national circuit and, you know, making a name for myself as a trainer. Uh, we had probably about 13, 14 clients at the height of it, you know, all at various right. um, levels of, of riding and everything. So it was kind of a full-time deal during the season You'd go, you know, you'd go to a, a place, say, like West Springfield, where they have a lot of the, the breed shows that we did at the time, and you'd set up your stalls, you'd, you know, set up your campers and the, the rooms and everything else, right. and you basically lived there for a week for the competition, and then you'd pack it all up, go home, regroup, and then, you know, hit another one probably the next weekend or the weekend after. So, sure. um, it. It was kind of, you know, and, and from him coming from living on the road for the, the stunt show, it, it was actually kind of, you know, he was used to it. Like, all right, you pack everything up, you go to the next one. You pack everything up, you go to the next one. And, and mm. uh, you know, so it really worked out very well as a, as a segue um, for me to understand just, you know, how much work is involved in all this stuff. And, right. and uh, yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of a neat little way that it came around <laughs> to be it, is there is there one that you prefer being like more of a physical stunt act, uh, stunt performer of like just putting your body on the line to being behind a wheel putting both a vehicle and your body on the line <laughs> um <laughs> you know that's it's actually that's an interesting that's an interesting question um i know a lot of you know the stunt performers now they come from a martial arts background or that's right you know gymnastics or they were dancers or you know something like that and even though I was pretty rough and tumble you know physical person growing up um, is never like you know 
like a strict martial artist. I never really did a whole lot of gymnastics. I never really did a whole lot of anything. Like I said, my parents weren't carting us around to right. places. So I kind of got into that mode of working with, and I mean, you can call a horse in some sort a vehicle because sure. you know, horse. it still responds to your input for the most part. Um, does right. have a mind of its own. However, if you know you train with that animal, so does a, so does a car. I'm going to argue. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I have some minds of their own for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think so for for that that side of it, it just feels very natural for me to make that transition uh, into be in that position where you know with practice and and spending time behind the wheel of all sorts of different right. vehicles you know, makes you a more rounded um, performer and, and driver specifically. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, I prefer one over the other, although I right. think my body definitely would prefer to do more driving than falling <laughs> downstairs and, you know, getting named uh, right. <laughs> hit by and such. But, um, but, you know, again, it's, it's where the work is. And right. because, you know, the, and obviously right now no one's working, but, um, right. When, you know, when work is available, again, being a woman, you have a little less opportunity to do the stunt jobs in general. So you kind of have to be able to be a jack of all trades and master of some. So really kind of hone your skills and, and get stronger and then work on your weaknesses. You know, do you, do you know Tammy Baird at all? I know of her. I've never met her in person. You remind me a lot of Tammy Baird. You know, you guys are both horse people. You know, you guys speak generally almost the same way. You're both very extremely calm uh, when you speak. Um, <laughs> 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 but, you know, just I think it's just the cowboy way of a cowgirl way of life. You know, <laughs> but let me let me ask you a, 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 a let me ask you a stupid question. Uh, why not L.A.? Why not West Coast? Why East Coast? Um, I, I guess, again, I got into this kind of, you know, not, not super late in life, but, I mean, really only started working, like really working and saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do full time and not holding down four or five different jobs. Um, right. You know, about five, six years ago. So in reality, I mean, I'm kind of a new, you know, new kid on the block. It's kind of, it's kind of weird because I meet people all the time in New York and they're like, Oh, you know, you're, you're this veteran. You've been around forever and and I've heard of you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, "This, this is so crazy because, you know, I really only got kind of started. Right. In like 2014, which really isn't that long right. ago. No. Um, you look at people's careers, you know. Yeah. So yeah. there's um, there's people who've had there's people who've had twice the amount of years that you have and have half the amount of accomplishments that you have. So that I think that's I, the reason I, why people are so shocked. I've been. It's, I'm still shocked. <laughs> you know, yeah. I I've been so fortunate to have coordinators that have you know, trusted in my abilities and been able to put me into these, um, you know, these positions and, and be able to expect 
that I'm going to do a pretty decent job. Why, why is that? Why is that? What, what, what is it about you that, that makes, gives people that confidence? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think I've never misrepresented what I can do. So oh. I think when, you know, when someone says, oh, I can do this, or they, they're like, oh, you know, what do you think about, oh, yeah, sure, I can do that. Um, and, you know, maybe they haven't, but they just don't even have the wherewithal to, to be able to reach out and, and learn that or, you know, be honest and say, honestly, I, I haven't done that. I don't know how I would prepare for that type of gag. Um, I think I think that's a big part of it is if you don't misrepresent what you can do. Right. Um, and if you're honest and say, look, you know, I've never done this, but. I will spend time, you know, I have access to this. And I think most people know uh, that if I say, you know, I'm going to go practice falling 35 feet with my eyes closed. So on the day when I'm on fire, I can do it a hundred percent. They know I'm going to do that. Right. So um, I think, you know, I think that's kind of what it is. And as, as each gag that I've been allowed to do has kind of evolved, you know, obviously the first time, you know, you do something smaller, and then it ramps up, and then it ramps up, and then obviously the expectations are much higher. So right. now, you know, like I said, I've I've kind of gotten to that point where, again, people think, oh yeah, she's been around forever, and I'm thinking, wow, I just I've been fortunate enough that I haven't really screwed up um, at the point where people are like, oh, she's still kind of new. So. You know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a catch twenty two. Um, you know, you make an error and people look at you like you're like you're crazy. Like how how can that happen? You know, you're you're invincible. Um, right. And it's like no, I'm not. You know, we're all learning, and everybody has a, a good day. Everybody has a bad day. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I guess long winded way of getting back to your original question: Why New York and not L A? Um, I just, again, it's, I grew up over here. Um, I have a life here. I right. hate the cold, but I can deal with it. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, it just kind of all evolved relatively quickly. Right. So that it, it, you're just like, all right, this is where I'm at right now. Um, and, you know, I'm always constantly reevaluating and deciding what the next step is because, you know, I haven't come this far to have only come this far. So right. it's to keep, you know, keep reaching out and keep learning and keep, you know, going that next step. Um, the driving, honestly, I, I love way more than I ever would have thought. So that's kind right. of become my, my thing that, that I'm really trying to focus on, um, you know, building my skill set. So I, I'll be one of those go-to drivers someday. Um, you know, there's so many mentors and people in the industry that are just absolutely fantastic and synonymous with, with driving. And, you know, now there's so many different types. I mean, you have all your drifters, you have rally, you have, you know, it's like, there's never mind people that can just drive and do, you know, fast paces and crafts. And, you know, it's, it's just evolved into such a specialized, um, portion of the industry it's it's like anything else you know as more technology comes out as as people demand 
uh, more insane looking chases and, and, you know, more excitement. Um, it's going to change the way that we film. It's going to change the gags that are available. You know, it's, it's always evolving. I think that's what I like about it the most. Well, going off of that, you know, you've been, you've been a part of a lot of excellent shows that everybody watches like body of proof, Gotham, gossip girl, grownups too, which everybody saw, you know, our, our, our IPD, which is always a, I always hated that, that title, by the way. And Anchorman 2 and The Carrie Diaries, which I watched like a crazy person. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of shows that I, there's a lot of shows that I sometimes I, I like I, I feel ashamed that I watch the show. I'm like, oh, God, I should probably not admit that. But I, I did like watching The Carrie Diaries. Is, is there are there any shows along the way that I'm speaking of that made you feel like I, I made it or this is the right place for me to be or I'm comfortable now? Um. Would say there have never been any shows that I've been on where I've thought I've made it. Um, that's you know that's something that even I think as you're going to your grave, you kind of look and say, "Wow, did I actually make it?" You know, and, and that's so open ended as to what someone's interpretation of making it actually is. Right. Um, but but you know I and again because it's just such an evolving industry and and you know i will never have as many skills as like you know the next people coming up now that have gotten into it you know when they're five or six years old they grew up right in the stunt industry you know it's it's just i think that you know again not to not to knock that question but that's just one thing i think that will never even come onto my radar um Definitely. Are you are you are you one of those people that you know always is like in because you are a teacher so I understand the teacher mentality like we're always consistently learning we're never really perfect because we're we're trying to find perfection within ourselves yeah. and that's a never ending battle is that what you're trying to say oh, yeah I'm my own worst enemy <laughs> it's, yeah you know constant um, striving to to learn more and just right. You know, the frustration in, in just not being able to just go out and grab things sometimes. As, I think this as, is why people, I think this is why people like you so much. I under, I understand. Once they get a grip of that kind of mentality, they'll hold on to you because, you know, you're the kind of person that will con- constantly work on, on who they are and what they're doing and try to be the best you. Am I wrong? No, no. I think... Um, I think most people are actually pretty, you know, especially in this industry are pretty much of that same mentality for sure. Um, I think I happen to like, I've done some interviews lately and you know some things like podcasts and, and different um, events. So I think because I'm in maybe a little more of the, of the public eye, as far as being able to talk about things like this, maybe it makes people realize that, you know, that's pretty much how they are as well. Um, just doesn't get so spotlighted, I guess, um, in a right. way, you know, because I think most people, especially I know up here in New York, everybody's always training. Um, that's why this quarantine has been just terrible for so many people. They can't get together and, you know, with their groups and train and, and do the things that they're used to doing. So, um, yeah, I think everybody's pretty much, in the stunt industry, as far as I know, is always looking to evolve, always 
you know, trying to better themselves. I think the hardest part is being able to, especially at this point in my life, you know, being able to balance that constant craving of learning more and trying to push the envelope in advance and also have a life. You know, I have, I have animals, I raise chickens, I, you know, have gardens and, and my horse and, you know, so you want to have this balance of being able to come home at the end of the day and say, okay, you know, yeah, we might slide the car in the driveway. Um, right. And that's like, you know, our stunt kind of thing at home. But at the same time, you need to be able to just step away from it sometimes and not have that constant, you know, train, 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 train idea. So sure. um, I think that's probably, you know, a balanced thing that a lot of people struggle with day to day. Um, you know, to be, to be devil's advocate for just a second, you know, I, I, I do, I do find that I, that I've met a lot of younger stunt performers who are just natural at what they do. And as a teacher, I think you understand what I mean by just being natural, mm-hmm. like naturally good. Mm-hmm. And with that, with that comes a certain amount of arrogance and uh, a sense of accomplishment without actually doing the deed. And this, 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 you know what I mean? And they're the most dangerous, dangerous ones to see them coming up because you know that for some reason they're, they're going to make a kind of a, a dangerous atmosphere because they don't understand all the the nitty gritty things and the things that can go wrong, the things that can go right. Sometimes how to communicate because you as a teacher, you know how to, you know how to communicate. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. No, it it does. It totally does. Um, And again, I think with the advent of social media and, you know, people being able to video on their phones and, you know, in their their hands has, you know, I mean, look at YouTube. I mean, that never existed like 10 years ago. Um, So for, for this, this atmosphere, you have a lot of super talented people that yes have a lot of skill, but they might not necessarily have the business sense, which right. is really what you do to make a career out of out of being a stunt performer. So it's not just you know having the skills and being the best, say gymnast. You need to also understand <laughs> how the industry works, how to work with a team, how to take direction, um, you know, have the safety aspects in in your head. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think in that aspect as well, um, the industry does have a way of pruning itself. And right. like I had said earlier, um, you know, people that consistently misrepresent what they can do or they're just, you know, not really a team player or they're just not right. really safety-minded or don't follow the direction of the coordinator, you know, they're not going to work as much. They're not going to get right. hired eventually. Uh, right now, I mean, well, not right now, but up until the, this pandemic, sure. New York had so many shows going at any given time. So it really required a lot more performers because, you know, everyone's getting burnt up on the on all these different shows. So you needed a lot of new faces. So it did kind of prompt this very big wave of new performers coming onto the scene. Um, and a lot of them, you know, are 
super talented and they've got the brain and the idea of how to make this work as a career as well. So I think, you know, it's like anything else. You have some bad apples, but I think for the most part, a lot of the younger generation uh, stunt performers that I'm seeing coming out of New York are actually, you know, they're the real deal and they're going to go pretty far in the industry. So that's pretty, that's pretty exciting to see. Yeah. I just well, you double all these shutdowns. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, you know, it's going to be hard to to see. Well, it's going to be easy to see actually. You know, who's going to who's going to be able to come back and respond yeah. and who's just going to fall yeah. by the wayside and what have you. You know, yeah. it, it's it, it's kind of a, an odd time, but it's to a certain extent it is almost like the universe telling us, you know, go to your room and think about what you did. And uh <laughs> you know, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But you but you 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 double you double Sienna Miller and 21 Bridges, which which I, I yeah. you know, I I love that film just so much. What what was it like working on that set? It was such a a great group of actors. You know, it was um it was really great for me because we filmed uh down in 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 Pennsylvania, so we were in Philadelphia. Um and I got the call from Andy Gill, and he said, "Hey, you know, I got some word that that you're, uh, you know, you're local to that area. I think you'd be a good double. There's not a whole lot, you know, a lot of right. it's just kind of being there in case she doesn't want to do that or whatever." And I said, "Hey, that sounds good to me." And I went down there, and I was there for kind of off and on for about a month, maybe a month and a half. Um, they decided, you know portion of the way through like it just didn't make sense to have me sitting around all the time so I went home and then I came back for some other stuff but um it was it was fantastic working with you know Andy as a coordinator I mean he's just phenomenal and uh, to be with that group of people we did a really big driving sequence uh Debbie Evans came in actually for the first weekend we filmed this over two weekends on second unit Wow. Um, and she doubled Sienna for a lot of the driving stuff. And, you know, I'm like, absolutely. I mean, she's, she's fantastic. You know, one of my biggest um, mentors I've, you know, ever seen drive. And of course, being a woman, she's just amazing. Uh, yeah. So it was like so cool to be involved with following weekend. Andy's like, oh, all right, you know, go get the car. Cause you're going to do all the same stuff that Debbie did last weekend. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is, uh, this is big time. You know, Spiro and and some like uh, Henry Kinji Jr., Charles Turney, um, you know, Denny Pierce. I mean, and these people that you've read about, heard about, watched their work. Sure. Now here you are in the hot seat, you know, doing these maneuvers in the middle of a Philadelphia street. It was like, I kind of had to pinch myself that I, yeah. you know, was in that position um, and I was having kittens, you know, <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, no, that, that, was, that was a very, very cool group of people to be involved with. Um, you know, the, the, I don't think the movie really got as much. No, but, not as much play as it should have. No, you know, that driving scene yeah. made, me cl- made me clench my teeth. Yeah, it was, me too. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was, it was 
pretty amazing. Like I said, everybody, you know, that works on that second unit, um, they work together all the time. So they're like a well-oiled machine. They know when one's going to zig, the other's going to zag. And just seeing the dynamics of that type of team work together um, with, you know, all these different things, these elements coming together at once was just amazing to be able to witness. So, yeah, I mean, again, everything, you know, that comes out, like even RIPD, I thought was, you know, you had mentioned that earlier. That was a fun little movie. It was a great movie. That really did. Yeah, that didn't really do anything at the box office. And, and it did later. nothing at the you box know? office. Yeah, I, I, well, they were so over budget too at that. Point. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think a lot of these, it's it, it's really a hit or miss. It's depending right. on you know what the audience wants, what the timing is, the release, and and you know now. I mean, with the content being mostly streaming video on demand and not so right. much big blockbuster movies, you know, I think a lot of that stuff is going to start to change. Um, it's going to change the way we film. It's going to change the way, you know, that everything's distributed. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's the evolving. It's going to change of, everything, yeah. Absolutely. You know, Becca, if you don't mind, let me tell my uh, my audience here, because we don't, we don't have an extraordinary amount of time, or not the regular amount of time that we usually have on our show, but I want to tell my audience your, your resume here before we pick apart uh, a couple of movies that we really want to talk about here. But you worked on, uh, you know, Body of Proof, Gotham. That's a, that's a great show. Here Comes the Boom, Gossip Girl, uh, Grown Ups 2, R.I.P.D., Anchorman 2, which, what did you do in Anchorman 2? That wasn't, you know, that was just kind of one of those last days. Um, It was really nothing. It was just driving, um, you know, making sure that the actors don't get run over during the, during the, (laughs) sometimes you're listed in the credits and it's like, yeah, I didn't really do a whole lot. Um, And then you did, you did enough you've done a ton and you know, no one knows about the show. So it's, it's yeah. kind of one of those things. You did the Carrie diaries. You did Saturday night live. By the way, I saw that skit. Uh, you know, you did uh, the good no. wife. <laughs> what are you going to say? I said that, that one was fun. The Saturday night live skit was really fun. Why was it fun? Um, Cause it was just so, so out there, like so weird. You know, like, oh, wow, okay, we're going to be in front of a, a live audience. And you, you get, like, I've, I've done live shows also as far as with the cars. And, and sure. I really do love being in front of a live audience. But then, you know, being in a studio and it being filmed, and it, it was like such a weird combination of the two elements. And it was just a, it was just a lot of fun to be kind of in that position to really – like, all right, you know, this is, we, we've rehearsed it a couple of times, this right. is it, and it's like, you know, being on, on stage, here it is. Right. <laughs> what it, it was with Melissa, Melissa McCarthy as well. Yeah, yeah, I doubled her uh, doing a little driving bit on right. the uh, Imagine Dragon episode, well, yeah. And you, were, you worked with her again on Ghostbusters. Um. Yeah, I didn't really, I was actually on a whole different, the, the Ghostbusters Set. movie was, um, it was such a huge production, and they had, like, simultaneous things going on at any given time. Right. So sometimes, you know, 
the principals and their doubles uh, were filming like a completely different scene and then they were working with us on something else you know at the studio on a a completely different scene so that was just so scattered about everywhere uh that was a huge undertaking but yeah yeah, she's 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 amazing the um the gals that doubled all those principals on that show are just they're they're just great you know they they really nailed it and uh hit it out of the park how did you how did you feel when that when that movie just didn't do well in the theaters? Did did you think that it was misogyny of the, the reason why that film just didn't do well? Which one? Ghostbusters. You know it's it's hard to say. Um, I mean, because obviously the cast was very well known, right? And they and very well liked as well. They're very well respected. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And they were coming off of, you know, these really successful films. So you would think that the momentum would have just made sense. You put all these people together, you revamp a classic and you have a winner. Um, And I just think that, you know, the audience at that point was like, nah, I I think we're good. You know, we're, they're looking more at like Avengers and and superhero things. Um, I think in the long term, I think the the Ghostbusters movie will do better for like you know your cable and people that are watching it at home, right? Um, because that's something that a lot of people you know kids can tune into that. But I don't think it was a real huge draw to bring people out to the theaters to see right. for whatever reason. I mean, you know, we everyone can speculate as to sure. one thing or another, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of surprised that it didn't do better at the box office, but again, so I. I think that point, I think at that point, you know, the world was kind of like, okay, we've revamped this whole like, you know, women thing right. a lot, and it just it got to be a little saturated. I think at that point. Right. You know, before before we go on uh, to your next couple films, because I really want to talk to you about your other films and your other projects let's talk about classic films real fast you know because because you are a gearhead you know because you're into cars because you're driving all that stuff are there any classic movies you like to watch that that kind of remind you of the work that you're doing like hooper or you know smoking the bandit anything like that well yeah of course those you know the classics that you and, and everybody, you know, the French Connection. I mean, you could sit here. Oh, the French Connection. God bless you for saying bunch, that. Yeah, a whole bunch of these older movies, um, you know, were the pioneers that really invented the, you know, like different things like uh, the, the canon, um, yeah. the canon role and, you know, Hal Needham and, and, you know, these pioneers that did set these things up that had never been done before. You know, I don't sit around and study these things. I, I mean, maybe I should, but again, I think um, for me anyway, I learn a lot more by doing. So I try to just, you know, stick my butt in the seat of the car as much as possible. Right. Um, we have a shop here. We have a lift, and my husband's pretty darn good with fixing cars and turning wrenches. So. You know, I'm not going to say that I know <laughs> much, much, you know, at all, but I try my best anytime we're working on something. He's like, all right, you know, we're going to work on this. And we've rebuilt right. suspension, you know, rebuilt engines, done a whole bunch of different work. And 
you know, and I think being involved at that level is right. so much more important um, for me. I agree with you. Yeah. Oh, going in, you know, to a job because, you know, it's not just, you know, the, the what the gag is supposed to look like ideally, right. but you know what's going on under the hood. You know what's going on, you know, in the drivetrain and, and how that vehicle works and how it should respond. And then if there is a, an issue, you know, something's broken or something's just not right, you can at least articulate, you know, what what it, what is going on and, and sure. uh, you know, try to help remedy the situation before it spirals into something much worse. Well, I come from a, I come from a long line of first generation mechanics who who worked for General Motors and what have you. Nice. Do do you have a favorite engine and do you have a favorite car? Um, I think we use uh, we do use Crown Vic. I my husband and I both instruct at Rick, <laughs> yeah at at Rick Siemens East Coast Driving School yep. here in Jersey. And we use, you know, the Crown Vic uh, police interceptors as our school cars. They have problem with their they uh, have problem with their brakes for a long time, you know. Well, we don't really try to stop them a whole lot. Um, (laughs) Well, in in a different sense, but really, the I think you know I'm not into like super exotic cars. I think they're cool, but that's not really my style. I like uh, practicality. And I'll tell you, these Crown Vicks, I mean, they're, you know, they're used. We get them. They're incredible. Yeah. I think 2000, 2001, maybe. And the amount of abuse that these things have taken year after year after year, student after student sliding these things, you know, spinning them. um, I just, I still can't believe that they start up every, every time you put the key in, you know, they're like ready to go. Six, six years that we've been instructing there and, and the same cars are still going in this fleet. It's, um, you know, a couple little things here and there you have to replace, but for the most sure. part, they hold up, they hold up so well. Um, so I would have to say, I mean, just from like an economic and a practicality standpoint, I'm really impressed with, yeah. you know, the crown Vic. Um, I ended up buying a Ford Mustang, GT to just, you know, have as my own stunt car that I can slide around and, and, you know, do different things. And, um, you know, it's, it's a cool car. It looks great. It performs really well. I don't feel like my box particularly fits super great. I think I would do better in like a smaller, you know, lower profile vehicle, like, you know, a Corvette or even like an old Trans Am or, you know, that that older style, even the older style Camaros. Um, right. But I think, you know, after I worked on 17 Bridges and we were driving the... Um, that's the old tile, title, by the way. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's 21, sorry. <laughs> 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 that's the original title of 17 Bridges. That's funny. Yeah. Yes, they realized that there were a few more bridges that they had omitted. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, sorry, it's just so ingrained in my head. But, I know. Um, after, after driving that vehicle, and that was the, the Charger, you know, I said, well, this style of car is going to be what you're going to be working with a lot more on set. You know, you might have a Crown Vic, a lot of, like, your scenes with taxis and whatnot um, are that style, but there's more and more 
modernized. And of course, with that, you have newer electronics and, and all sorts of, you know, bells and whistles that make it a lot harder to make the car slide, to make the car behave in the way you want it to behave, right. Um, right. you know, because all these safety things. And so it, it makes it a little trickier. So I definitely am, you know, trying to get more into some, some newer vehicles so I can get a better understanding of how to buy that. Sure. Systems and you know, work with the different the different um, suspension systems that they have set up and and whatnot. So, now you yeah, you worked so, on you worked on persons of, of of interest for for quite a long time actually. You did a bunch of episodes. How how was that show going on? How how did you like that, working on that set? That was a fun show. Um, Jeff Gibson was the stunt coordinator and. He's he's one of those people that really, really kind of gave me a, a great start in the industry, really kind of, you know, put me in the hot seat quite a few times and paved the way for me to, you know, get get some experience under my belt and um, always talked well and, you know, that kind of one job leads to the next. So that was really the first, uh, the first show that I worked on under him. And it was yeah. just because... You'd go in, you'd play a mercenary one day, you'd go in another day and double. Um, you know, it just, it, it was so all over the place. And, right. you know, you just really got to do so many different things on that show. And I, I love the concept of it. Great um, show. You know, it's, it's done now, but it's, it's doing pretty well overseas. It's uh, yeah. kind of had a surgence of, of popularity there. So um, I'm glad that it's still, you know, being, being watched and, Hey, residuals are still coming in. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you've also worked on a heck of a lot of Marvel films or Marvel shows, going from Jessica Jones to Daredevil. Uh, you, you did Punisher as well. Uh, that that that's just really an incredible amount of work. I mean, for somebody who's a self-proclaimed young person in the field, th- that is really playing with the, the big boys. Well, yeah, again, I think um, a lot of those Marvel shows, because they were shot right here in New York, right. you know, they needed a lot of numbers. So, yeah, a lot of the New York stunt community, I mean, everybody was working on Marvel. Um, and actually, some of the other shows were having a hard time getting enough performers because everyone was away on Marvel shows. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, when that kind of went away, now everyone's looking around going, oh, wait, there's no Marvel shows. Now what do we do? Um, right. So, yeah, it, those shows definitely put a lot of New Yorkers to work. And, again, you know, just some really good opportunities. Like, uh, you know, Jessica Jones was able to do some ra- really cool stuff in the beginning, doubling Rachel. And, um, you know, again, nothing, nothing crazy, but it's still, you know, resume building. Every time you sure. learn that, you learn Thing. Every time you do a gag, it's it's always a little different. So um, I think just the sheer ability to work with different people and different coordinators and different scenarios, you know, is just is just great to keep building the skill set. Yeah. Did Did you enjoy working on those sets? Yeah. I mean, I honestly can say um, I've I've never had a day. Well, there's one day that wasn't so stellar but for the most part um 
you know, every day that I'm on a set, I'm, I'm darn happy to be there. And I right. think, um, I mean, you know, we get paid to run with scissors basically. So right. kind of look at that. And, and again, I didn't even really understand that this was a career choice back in the day. So for me to be able to do this and, and be paid for it and to, you know, kind of have that, that risk, but at the same time, know that you're doing as many things as possible to be safe about it. So you're not just, you know, throwing yourself at whim. Um, it's, it's pretty exciting. And, you know, every, every opportunity I've had, I think, has come at the right time and the right place. Um, it just kind of seems, in, in my world anyway, it's just been one thing after the next, building upon the next, upon the next. And I'm very grateful um, to have had that kind of progression, you know, right. um, I just, my biggest thing right now is I just want to go back to work. I kind of miss it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Not, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think you can knock out a day. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you, you worked on Orange is the New Black and then you got to work on Russian Doll, which actually has a couple of the same cast members and some of the same crew. So what was Orange is a New Black? How was that working on that show? Because it's, it was really a, a an amazing show and really hit people in a strong way. Yeah, I think um, that was one of those shows that kind of changed, uh, I'm not going to say women television, but it definitely changed the genre a little bit. Um, people started taking more notice. They were very you know, willing to take risks and to do things on TV and to say things on TV that I don't think, you know, many people had really embraced at that point. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty uh, well received and it's still, you know, a show that a lot of people are watching even now, um, the reruns and everything on Netflix. Um, yeah, the, the, I had done a couple episodes in the beginning and then towards the end of the series, actually landed a role as an actor um and then they just wow. kept bringing yeah, just kept bringing me back that I had been established um but again even then it was just you know one of those where you're not really doing a whole lot you're just kind of there um on these contracts and you're like hey thank you very much this is great and uh yeah it was it was kind of fun i think there were three there were three episodes in a row at the very end that, um, you know, we're just carried on and we did, you know, some, some stunt stuff, but it was more True. stunt acting. So that was kind of a different, um, you know, a different role to take on instead of just sacrificing your body. Now you're sacrificing your brain as well. <laughs> well, well, whenever I, whenever I have a new guest on, I, I watch almost every single thing you've done. I go on and, and I try to find every single thing I can find uh, a lot of things are on Netflix. A lot of things are on YouTube I can, or Amazon Prime. I can find it and I watch it. So I watched all your episodes on Orange is the New Black. Uh, even though I, I haven't seen the entire series before, I wanted to watch your episodes. It was really incredible yeah. and, great, and really fantastic work. I, I'm a big fan of Russian Doll. Uh, the show was great. It came out a, a, about four months ago. I love the actress as well. Uh, please, please tell the audience. You know what was what was it like working with that team right there, and uh, and did you enjoy yourself? Well, Rush. 
I think Russian Doll for me was such a it was such a great experience for for so many different reasons. Um, but the one the one main reason being when uh, Christopher Place, he was the stunt coordinator, called me and said, "Hey, we've got this show. Uh, Natasha Leone is is you know the main actress and also producer writer." I think it'd be a good double. Um, it's a very yeah. physical show. And he said, you know, how do you, how do you feel about this? Um, you know, you've got stair falls, you're going to fall through. That's right. Uh, door, you know, do all these, all the, get hit by a car. Um, you know, just <laughs> all these types of physical, physical gags. And up until that point, you know, aside from, you know, the occasional fall and this and that, like I wasn't really known as, someone that was a very physical stunt performer. Everyone kind of hmm. knew I rode horses. They knew I drove, you know, and I, I doubled different actresses, but you know, it's not like someone said, Oh yeah, you know, Becca can fall downstairs or she's done a car hit or, you know, like I just didn't have that on my resume. Right. Um, that one show, the whole run, it was like, I mean, I basically made my entire stunt reel over just by the amount of gags that I was able to do, um, you know, on that show that were very physical and some like the, the stair fall, I had never done a stair fall in any production up until that point. Um, that was the first time I ever did a car hit. Um, yeah. Wow. You know, those are like pretty, the, those were pretty hard. Those are pretty hard uh, gags to do. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, they're, they're tricky enough for, a very young, you know, bouncing stunt performer coming in that just, you know, they, they've trained possibly to have a little more awareness, um, you know, maybe like a gymnastics background or whatever that they're used to tumbling. And so for me, it was kind of, you know, I, I knew what I needed to do. Gravity helps a lot. So does physics. Um, and I had the mindset of understanding what, you know, what the direction was, what they wanted. So in the end, you know, everything came out fantastic. But again, it was one of those when you're asked, like, okay, I've, I haven't done this, but I know I can do it. And um, it was just very rewarding to me at the end to say, yeah, you know, I was able to do that and do it well. And the team at Russian Doll, I mean, the, you know, the writers, the director, Leslie, um, was on most of them. And they were just so super supportive and so appreciative. And I think that was the other part of it that I was just not used to. Um, Mm. You know, as a performer, you're kind of expendable. You come on. Sometimes the director will say hello if if they're in the mood, you know, Uh, but seriously, well, I'm a day player and you know, they don't have time to get to know every single person that comes in to do whatever. So not the person who's jumped through a, a window or getting hit by a car. Are you trying to tell me that they can't get to know the person who's like going to fall through sta- stairs and shit? I mean, that's incredible well, to me. I think again, this is, and I'm talking mostly about TV, you know, they have a yeah. very quick turnaround. So it's okay. Here's the shot. Here's what we got to get. Um, you know, you're not sitting around chit-chatting for hours and getting to know each other. It's you're the performer that was brought in. You do the job. They're like, great, okay, go on to the next thing. So um, so for, like, Russian Doll to have, you know, when, when you did something and they were just like, 
so appreciative. excited. So yeah, happy. wow. Like, thank you so much and you know Natasha was super about you know Well there were a lot of well, there were a lot of women involved on on that set in in that crew right there. Yeah. Do do you think that has something to do with it? I mean, I wouldn't say that it did not. Um I think it was definitely kind of a an empowering moment for for all of us together. Right. Um we had all this whole writing team, the entire pro, uh producer team. That's I right. Think I think all of the directors were female as well. That's um, right. They were. The last so it was definitely, you know, part being part of a very strong um, team as, as a woman to begin with. So I'm sure that right. definitely had a lot, a lot to do with it. Um, but again, like I said, just being able to do those, those types of gags that were very physical um, at this point and, and, you know, be able to pull it off well enough that everybody was as happy with it as I was, right. um, you know, was, was really, really kind of fun. So yeah, that was, that was right. a great, that was a great run. We were actually due to start up um, in March for season two, but season two, yeah. life had different plans. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You, 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 you'll be back on set in no time. Trust me. You know, t- talking and talking because you are obviously incredibly skilled uh, and Hollywood just needs to open back up. But t- talking about that uh, right there, uh, is there is, have you ever been in a, in a time in a place without naming any names that you felt unsafe while doing a stunt? Um, honestly, no. Um, I, again, I don't think I would ever put myself in a position where I would be working for someone that I was literally questioning my safety. Would you speak up? I think in, in essence, if it were to be unsafe team or unsafe for, for me, like in a very specific, you know, there's, because obviously there's a, always a degree of risk in every, right. I don't care how simple thing can be, be climbing a ladder and, and someone can fall, you know, it's, it's nothing's ever certain. Of course. Um, I'm talking but, about, I'm talking about like the, the, you know, you're being a baby attitude, like you're being a baby, you're being too, you're being too careful when in actuality, you know, you're really not taking care of me as a sun coordinator, which I've seen a lot of times, by the way, have you ever had yeah, an experience think- like that? I honestly, I have not, um, and I'm, you know, pretty, pretty happy to say that most of the coordinators that I've worked for in New York are very professional, um, you know, very, uh, very well-rounded, and they hire the right people for the job. So I think, um, you know, for for the most part, I, I've even things that I've seen that are kind of like, ah, eh, this could be a little hairy. They've pretty much taken as much as much um, opportunity to mitigate the risk, you know, as right. much as possible. Um, I mean, I've right. heard stories, other people, um, you know, different areas of the country and, you know, different expectations, obviously. Sure. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that, that exists. Uh, I have been very fortunate where I have not, I have not dealt with that on my own um, personally, but it's definitely something that, you know, I think every performer, again, this is the business side of it. 
needs to have in the back of their mind and not just be willing to do it just because, you know, someone's telling them to do it, but to really understand right. how wise behind it. Right. Now you, you, you moved on to mocap for just a little while and you, and you did uh red, red dead redemption too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, t- that was different. That was, um, yeah. that was fun. They just, um, it's like a, it's a very different type of, of work um, because you have to do all these different scenarios. So like, uh, you know, this, this one particular, they, they build this fake horse and it's like the biggest horse <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. If, if it were a real horse, it would be like, you know, gigantic. A monster. Yeah. It would not exist in the real world. Um, and then they're like, yeah, you're going to jump onto this horse and, you know, try to do it without putting your foot in the stirrup and then put your foot in the what? stirrup. And, yeah. And then you're going to do it like you're drunk and then you're going to do it like you're injured and then you're going to do it like you're sick and, you know, all these different scenarios. So whatever the character, you know, whoever's playing, I'm not real big on video games, um, but, you yeah. know, whatever scenario exists, they have that algorithm, they have that. Um, that you know footage that they can plug in so I think that was kind of it was kind of unique to see that that process you know how how that's done and, and how they get all these different scenarios by using essentially the same person just attacking it a different way um, so that right. was kind of more more acting I think it's you know you had to be very expressive with your body and um, right you know kind of tell the story without without telling the story (laughs) that sounds like a very different experience yeah 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 it was it was fun it was unique very physically demanding you know eight hours straight eight (laughs) you have a short lunch but you are like busting your butt the whole time so it's um, that was neat tell me tell me about the blacklist because you were in lots of episodes of that show and that we're coming close to the end of 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 of, of what you what you've done before uh, you, the new season is going to begin in your career and your life, which I know is going to be gigantic. Um, if this is just the start of your career, um, the end of your career is just it, you know it would be impossible for us to have a, a a conversation just as easy. But tell me about that show. That's a fantastic show. Uh, in New York, it's, um, you know, Court Hessler is the stunt coordinator on that show. Yeah. And he's brought in some really, really great people. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, just, just some of the, you know, it's just a sheer number of performers that are able to work on that show is, is a wonderful thing. Um, it's compelling you know, it's one of the only ones I think that's still on primetime. And uh, it's just, it's just a great show. I don't really watch a whole lot of TV, um, but that is one show that my husband and I do regularly watch. I have one episode that we missed from Saturday that we have to to (laughs) go back and rewatch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But others, it is, it's a, it's a really great show. It's, you know, it's creative. They kind of push the envelope. Um, yeah. They're able to do some pretty bags, you know, because they have the budget. So, yeah, it's fun to work on. 
you know, before I let you go and before we, because I do want to talk to you just a little bit longer, but why the last man is something that is, is titled in your resume that is being made and you're, you're in that film. Um, without any spoilers, how much of the film has been filmed? And do you, do you know what you're set to do? Well, that one actually is it's, it's a TV series. Um, and from what Oh, they're doing I it as a TV series? Yeah, TV series. And from what I know of it, because we only shot the pilot, and it did get picked up, but then they moved the entire production. I want. Are you are are you are you, t- are you telling me there's a pilot out there of Why the Last Man? I don't know if the pilot's actually been released. Right. But they were they were able to secure that they were going to shoot the whole series, but they yeah. moved the series. So I don't. I, they might shoot the pilot over with you know new characters. I don't know what their what their sure. plan is. Um, but I did hear that it moved to Canada. So huh. that, yeah, that show is, you know, it's kind of one of those things you work on the pilot and then, you know, crickets, you never hear anything about it again. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a I, show that's been in limbo for a long time. And I read all the graphic novels and it's just something I've been waiting for, for an extremely long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, I mean, it, it was, it was pretty cool to work on, the pilot and of course doubling Diane Lane. She's she's such a class act and Oh um, Diane Lane, yeah. Yeah, she's fantastic. So, you know, I, I really kinda wanted to see this show, but I just don't think it's ever I just don't think it's ever gonna come out. Um that the one yeah. that we filmed anyway. I'm gonna yeah, agree I with you. Look on IMDB, like all it says pre production and you know, yeah. it, it really doesn't have information on it well why the last man is is has been in in corrective you know hell for such a long time and they've been trying to make that into a movie a tv show i mean you just told me a tv show which i I had no idea but they've been trying to make that for such a long time and it's such a great um graphic novel series that we're we're all just waiting with our with our you know our tongues and our teeth <laughs> waiting for that thing to come out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I hope I hope at the very least we get to see your version. I mean I, I would love to see your version. Did you see it at all? Did you did you did you get a chance to see it? No, no, it it hasn't been released. Um, you know, I, again, it's uh, I worked a couple different days on on that pilot. Yeah. So again, I, I don't know if it'll ever see the light of day, or if it's just going to be, you know, some clip on the editing room floor somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, well, Di- Diane yeah, is, is is amazing. You got to work with her. Yeah, she's she's very very she's fantastic. Um, she's yeah, she's a brilliant actress. Yeah, she's wonderful. So I do. I mean, if they says that they're in pre-production and even if the show is being filmed somewhere else, I'm pretty sure the same people will be attached. Right. So, uh, hopefully she's, you know, she's still in that um, when it does come out, if yeah. it comes out. <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask you this question again, and, you know, hopefully we'll get a different answer out of this. You know, there's so many people that want to work and go ahead. Sorry, my, my computer just. 
Okay. <laughs> there, there are so many people who want to work in this field. It's, it's almost overburdened, but you, you seem to have it by its reins and, and you work extremely hard. You're extremely articulate. I think it has something to do with your teaching background. You're extremely articulate. You know what you're saying. You know how you feel. What is it about you that makes people want to work 12, 14, 16, 18 hours a day with you? Um, I don't know. I'm not the, I'm not the person I question. Um, I think a lot of people... Let me ask you a question. Are, are, are you likable? Do you think you're likable? I think so. I, I don't think I'd be working in this industry and have the support I do if, if I weren't. Do you, um, do you think you're directable? Think, do you think you're directable? Oh yeah, yeah. You you have to be. So so somebody to. gives somebody gives you a challenge and you're up to that challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have do you have any problems ever with like crew or or anybody like that? Do you ever have any conflicts? No, I think um, you know, and again. In this industry, the the wonderful part about it is, you're even though you have all these different elements and all these different right. teams, you know you have your your grips, you have your cinematographers, you have your DP, right. your director, your you know coordinator, uh, stunt coordinator, stunt team, your actors, um, right down to you know your PAs. Everybody is there essentially to make the TV show or to make the movie. So right. there is this underlying theme of cohesiveness. And of right. course there is drama because everybody is who they are and, and people sure. have their own orbit and you yeah. know things yeah. exist. But I think in the, the grand scheme of it, everybody's on the same team. So Did if there were any sort of like underlying issues or little things, I, you know, and I'm speaking from my own personal experience, it would be something that you would just go talk to the person and just get it over and done with, not right. let it sit and fester. Because that's no way to be, you know, in, in that type of environment. It would be toxic, right. um, especially, Do, you know, some of these people that are on shows for months and months at a time. You sure. really have to have that dialogue to, to be able to, you know, go to work every day and not hate it. <laughs> so Right. Do you feel like you communicate on set, or do you feel like you're very quiet on set? Oh, everybody that's listening to this will be dying laughing. I am <laughs> I am the type that will be in the sidelines not saying a word until I, you know, kind of have an idea of who's who. Um, again, I'm still kind of new, so I'm meeting new right. people all the time. But the ones that do know me, that I'm comfortable, I just – pretty much never shut up. So it's <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> yeah, kind, of, kind of one or the other. Um, so you get me going, they, you know, it's like wind me up, watch me go, or, uh, you know, or I'm the wallflower that just kind of sits in the background and doesn't say anything. So, yeah, it's kind of back and forth depending on who I'm surrounded. <laughs> yeah, it, make, it, make, it makes sense to me now why you're, why you're so successful. I just, just questions alone make, make me understand why people love you and want to have you around them consistently and constantly. Are, are you careful about your, about your um, 
about your stunts or, or do you kind of just throw your life into the wind? Um, I think, like I said, again, everything that I've ever been asked to do, I'm very confident that I am prepared to do what's being asked to do. Um, and again, like, you know, even with the car hit, I had never done one. Chris knew right. I had never done one, but we discussed it at length. You know, we did a couple rehearsals and on the day it was like, okay, this is, you know, I never felt like, wow, right. this you know, scary or I'm really nervous or it was just, okay, this is what you're going to do because you're ready to do this. Um, so I, I, you know, I think that's a big part of it is just understanding what your limitations are and understanding what your strengths are and, and where your weaknesses are, you know, kind of getting them up to par, you know, I'm never going to be excellent at every single thing I try. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do bar. I, right I, I, find, I find that hard to believe, but go ahead and continue, please. Well, it's so like, you know, for example, I'm not like a great dancer say. And um, so with this quarantine, I've been streaming, you know, these workouts on demand and it's a bar class and it has a lot of ballet. Right. And part of, part of me is, you know, frustrated because I don't have this grace. And then the other part of me is like, okay, you're going to, be better than you were if you, you know, go through the program and try to learn it. Um, and of course I'm spending a lot of time laughing at myself. Right. It does It does provide for a lot of comedy relief. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, uh, I think when you understand what you're capable of and you kind of have that in your head uh, and when someone says, okay, can you do this? And you know, 100% that, that you can do it, then you have the confidence to go in there to own it and, and to execute it correctly. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've never been asked to do something that I didn't feel like I can do. Yeah, you're one of those people that I find it extremely hard. And there's, it's a very rare list, by the way. I, I find it very hard to believe that anything that you're tackling, you're not able to either get it right or at least master. You're one of those people that is, first of all, extraordinary. But as being a teacher yourself, you understand how to learn. See, being a teacher means you understand how to learn as well, because you can't be a good teacher without being a good student. And it's so obvious that you're such a great student of what you're doing right now. So I'm I'm very, I'm extremely happy for you. How how does your family feel right now with, with your career just blossoming with such a short period of time uh, just blossoming open how does your how does your family feel about that and and on a second note how does your husband feel about it about that as well well i think um thank thank you i mean everything you're saying i'm just kind of like wow um again it's uh it's it's evolving you know I don't think I will, I don't feel like I will ever truly master any portion of, of this work because it just is always evolving. Right. Right. Um, You're right. You're right. I'm going to cry like hell, but you know, it's, it's very, very hard to, to say, yes, I, I am an expert at this and, and like, I cannot mess up and I'm in fact. You're, you're a, you're a teacher. I understand that mentality. Yeah. 
Yeah, never going to happen. Um, I understand. But I think, you know, I do enjoy what I do immensely. And I really hope that in the long term, you know, I can continue making a successful career out of this, maybe someday working into uh, coordinating myself um, because I think I do have that kind of mentality for being able to run the show. So that kind of works very well. Oh, really? So that's something you're looking forward to is is coordination? I have a long way to go to learn so much more of the ins and outs. Right, sure. Um, You know, because I'm still relatively new. But I, I could definitely see myself getting into that side of of the industry, you know, later when, uh, when I'm ready. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, my, my family is, I think they think it's great because I'm making a career out of something that I love. You know, it's not the nine to five, come home and, and just, you know, put in for your two weeks of vacation each year. And, you know, it's, it's a very different way to, uh, to live there's a lot more days of not working obviously than working so you know you have that side of it as well trying to balance and save and, and you know make hay while the sun is shining um sure. and of course my husband my biggest cheerleader he's a stunt performer so we're able to compare notes and you know kind of bounce ideas off each other all the time that's awesome industry, which, yeah which is wonderful because i don't know how other people that are married to people that are not in the industry, you know, it's just such a weird, like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, still here at this place at 4am and I don't know what time I'm going to be home. Um, You know, it's, it's a, it's a very different type of industry. So I think, you know, having someone that's in it that understands it and that's so supportive um, is just wonderful, you know, and definitely, yeah. I mean, obviously have learned so much just from him as far as with, you know, car work mm. and, and different things. So, um, do you, yeah. do you feel like he's, do you feel like he's influenced yeah. you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, especially, you know, with any, anything to do with the cars, I, you know, I, I'm kind of like, Oh, all right, I'll do that. And he's like, no, 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 you're going to learn how this works. And that really prompted <laughs> me to say, okay, you're right. This is the way to do it correctly. So, right. um, yeah, that's, that's really influenced quite a bit of the way I approach, you know, learning is not just take things at face value, but to dig a little deeper and understand right. a little more about the, the hows and whys. You know, I'm so, I'm so happy for you when you talk about your husband and the love that you have and the support that you have, I'm so happy for you because a lot of people need that, especially in this world. They need that kind of support. They need that kind of love. And they need, need people who understand where they're coming from, especially when they work weird hours, long hours, difficult times, and not to worry about you and to have faith in you to complete the objective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Um... You know, it's not just it's not just this particular industry. I just think people in general, you know, I'm I'm allowed a lot more freedom because I actually love my job. I think there's right. it's unfortunate there's so many people in this country that you know just don't they're like cogs in a wheel. They don't really love right. what they do, so they're missing that passion. 
in their day-to-day lives. And I right. think that kind of chips away slowly as, as a society um, to our just general level of happiness. So, right. again, I think, uh, you know, everybody's capable of, of enjoying what they do, but it's, you know, it's not set up that way. It's very difficult for everybody to do a job that they love to do because, let's face it, there's a lot of jobs out there that people don't love to do, but they still need That's to right. get done. Um, you, so it's kind of taking your your own scenario and making it work the absolute best for you, and right. finding what your passions are and really kind of exploring those. You know, you you really can give our audience a a a different understanding of of your field because a lot of the people we speak to are gymnasts, like you said before, gymnasts dancers, martial artists, they followed a certain train of thought, a certain train of, of, of what they wanted to accomplish before they got to the field that they're in. But you didn't do that. You did something completely different. There's a, there's a, you know, I think you're going to understand where I'm coming from. There's a a young girl in, in like Connecticut right now. And she wants to, you know, horses and drive cars and jump downstairs and she wants to do things like you do them. <laughs> you know, she just want, really wants to be the best she can be. What advice do you have for her? What, what, what kind of knowledge can you share with her on how to accomplish these things, at, at the very least at the beginning of her career? Um, I think, again, the, the, the nature, and again, I've just been here for you know, relatively short amount of time. Um, but the nature of how to get started in this business has changed so much in just the five, six years that I've been in it. Um, you know, now everything is digital. Everything is on social media. Everybody can post, you know, videos of their, their skills and market themselves in a completely different way than, um, you know, than when I when I got started, it was more word of mouth and hard copies, you know, being mailed. So right. uh, just that side of it has made getting into the industry so much more accessible. Uh, there's also a lot of different teams that have these, you know, gatherings, trainings, and they invite new people in and they explain to them how the, how the system works. Um, you know, how to get in front of coordinators, how to market yourself, how to look at it from the business side of it. There's just so much more support from that aspect, you know, setting people up with mentors. If you have questions, you have people now to ask, you know, different questions too. Um, so it's, it's a lot easier for somebody coming in at this point to kind of figure out the ins and outs. Um, and I, I think it's kind of, it's a, it's good and it's bad because, you know, some of us, like, again, I'm not old school, but, you know, older than, than the new ones coming in. And you kind of feel like, wow, you know, I had to figure things out on my own. I had to, you know, not, I didn't have people to ask these questions of. I had to really just kind of do things and learn it on my own and, and trial and error. And I feel like some people that are coming in now are just getting everything handed to them. 
and they don't have the level of respect for the hustle, you know, to get into it that necessarily, you know, they should because it is easier to get yourself in front of a coordinator these days um, and to get the information that you need. So I would tell her, you know, research a little bit, look online and you'll probably find out a lot more than, you know, you would just kind of doing the old fashioned pound pavement. Um, Yeah. There's, there's so much more uh, support for this, you know, and, and again, this is just, you know, you look at American Ninja Warrior and all these different shows that are very, um, you know, physically driven, and it's kind of made the the understanding like you know, stunt performer is a career choice, and I think more people are growing up realizing, oh, I can I can actually do this as a career. So right. they're starting a lot earlier, um, and it's just become so much more accessible. So, yeah, I mean, as far as advice, you know, just if, if you really believe in your talent and you can have the wherewithal to weather the storm when you're not working and, you know, if you get injured, do you have a backup plan for that? Um, you know, just that kind of basic thing, you know, have at it. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a hell of a career. I would probably suggest not getting into it right now because you won't be working for a very long time. Right. <laughs> It'll be really tough to get ahead now. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really changed. You know, the nature of the industry has changed. Just again, being so much more accessible than it ever has been. Um, and you know, the content there. There's so many different networks. I mean, there's networks I've never even heard of that are putting out their own movies and their own TV shows. So right. the, the, the work is there. Um, you know, it just depends. It depends on the platform and, and where you're located and what you're willing to do. You know, how, right. how bad do you want it? And how okay are you with, with not working for, you know, several days, weeks, sometimes months at a time uh, in between jobs? You know, and, and some people don't like that, that degree of instability. They like a routine. They like knowing that their bills are going to be, you know, paid every week. And, and uh, yeah, it's definitely, I don't think it's the career for everybody because it's so up and down and, and you have to have a real thick skin um, right. in the industry. But I guess that's why everybody's not doing it. So, Well, thank you for sharing that information with us. You know, you know. Before we go, you, why, don't you, why don't you explain to our, our audience here how they can get in touch with you or watch any of your any of your stuff, uh, Facebook, Instagram, anything like that? Yeah, I'm I'm on Facebook. I have an Instagram page um, right now. My feed is completely filled with chickens and gardening. <laughs> on the tractor and digging holes so uh you know nothing too crazy exciting um but you know again that's getting back to that whole idea of having that balance of you know living your life and doing the right. job that you love to do that everybody's like oh that's so exciting but i'm like oh my god i'm so excited my hens laid six eggs today you know and here i am <laughs> getting into the house with a basket of eggs you know everybody has to have their thing so uh yeah, it's 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, Instagram, that's pretty much, you know, it. I don't really, I don't really have like a blog or podcast yeah. or any of that stuff. I'm still trying to get more in the whole technology side of that. Um, I yeah. actually sat down for my first Zoom meeting the other day and, and that was, that was pretty, uh, that was pretty mind blowing. So how, how did that um, go? Did that go well? It it was neat. It was like watching the Brady Bunch. Um, all these talking <laughs> heads, and, and you know everybody talking on top of each other and trying to like find the conversation. It was uh yeah. It was it was great to see everybody, but at the same time, I'm like yeah, this is this is weird. <laughs> but this is <laughs> this is what people are doing, you know, and this is how we're able to communicate right now. So it's uh, like anything else. You have to adapt, adjust. Yeah and uh, move on. Yeah. It sounds like stunt work. Yeah, exactly. The ever evolving <laughs> thing. <laughs> well, Becca, thank you so much for being on the show today. You, you've blessed us with, 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 with a lot of time and we, we greatly, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, I don't know if I'm anybody to say that I'm proud of you, but I'm extremely proud of the amount of the work that you've done. I'm very happy that you're happy and that you you done and are, are safe with the amount of work that you've done. So I, I just hope the best for you. And I can't wait to talk to you when you have, you know, 15 other movies underneath your belt. That would be great. I appreciate you having me on. Um, again, I, I feel, you know, pretty honored to be asked. Uh, some of the people you've had on your podcast have, you know, they're synonymous in this industry with, being very professional and very successful. So just to be yeah. in that, you know, group, um, I'm, I'm pretty honored. So thank you very much for asking me. And uh, I'm just going to keep, keep, you know, keep on, keep on. And, and hopefully everybody stays safe and, and this, yeah. this whole thing will reopen soon enough and uh, we'll go back to making some exciting content. Yeah, I find it very hard to believe in my mindset that you will not be one of the one, if not one of the greatest uh, stunt people coordinators out there in a very short amount of time. You definitely have the attitude. You definitely have the work ethic. You definitely have the brain set for it, the articulation, the connections. You work well with others. You're one of those people that is like one of those gold standards. And I'm very proud that, that you were on the show today. I am honored to have you on the show today. And I can't, I can't wait to see your, your, your career blossom. And, and I don't know anybody else in the world who, who would think differently if, if they met you or saw you work. Well, thank you very much. I really do appreciate that. All right, Becca, we're going to give you a little clap track out of here. Thank you so much for joining us today. We greatly appreciate it. All right, man. It was good talking to you. You too, my friend. There you go. And I hope your chickens are doing well. Say hi to your boyfriend, or your husband, excuse me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Bye, Becca. All right. Have a good one. You know, Becca is an incredible human being. I mean, incredible human being. Uh, you can see... why people want to work with her. You can see why and how she's been so successful in this field. You can see, first of all, 
Why is she successful with horses? Why is she successful with, with, with cars? Her relationship is successful as well. All these things are successes. She is, she is really batting a thousand. Her family's happy with her. Her work is happy with her. People love working with her. She has somebody who emotionally supports her. I mean, what else can you ask for? She used to be a teacher, still is a teacher, by the way. Once a teacher, always a teacher. And when she said that she wanted to be a stunt coordinator, there was no doubt in my mind that, that, that Becca would be a stunt coordinator. At least top, top five in the world. And I would say in about hmm, five years. I'm going to put that money out there. About five years I see a stunt coordinator, one of the uh, one of the top-notch ones. We were blessed to have her on the show. She gave us a different insight into the world that she was in, a different look, a different point of view, and that's what we ask for on this show, right? A different point of view. We're grateful for her honesty, forwardness, articulation, her ability to speak to power. Thank you, Becca. We, we, we were honored to have you on the show today. I hope your chickens are doing well. And to all of you out there listening right now, listening to Becca speak, listening about her career, how fast her career progressed, are you not impressed? It's incredible, isn't it? Her likability direct ability ability to speak up but not necessary at the moment her ability to understand the situation and learn extremely quick because I'll tell you I'll tell you why she's a great teacher because she's a great student she's an excellent student that's why she learns so fast and teaches so well. I want all of you to remember that these are the days of reflection. Look deep within yourself. Read that book, write that book. Watch that movie, write that movie. Think about what you've done and be better. Be a better person. Be a better human. Be a better friend. Reach out to other people. See if they're okay. Love one another. The coronavirus doesn't have to kill you. You can get hit by a car. I don't mean to be morbid, but let's get realistic here. 
I want all of you to be well. Our international people out there, I hope you're doing well too as well. In Italy, Belarus, Peru, Canada, United Kingdom. I hope you're doing well. I hope your family is doing well. Thank you, Becca, for being part of our show. We were honored to have you on. To all of you, thank you for giving me a platform to speak to all of you. To let you know how much I love you and how much I appreciate to be part of this show. I love doing this. And I appreciate you giving me this chance. This has been Cinema Files Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for listening today. And everybody out there, God bless. And be well. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.